I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking about potentially owning in the process of buying, or maybe you even already own your own home. <laughs> I'm already in love. That's right? awesome. It's so much fun. Awesome. <laughs> and this is a magical podcast. I see. We make mortgages magical. Over here. I love that. Magical mortgages. Ooh, that's got a nice ring to it. We're on to something. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> well, and thank you all for tuning in to episode 14. I have a special guest with me today. So this is Tara. Tara, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to everyone? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm Tara. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Florida based in Palm Beach County. Um, I also have a small private practice doing psychotherapy, and I have a business that I'm trying to build right now doing coaching, so mental performance coaching specifically for athletes. So that's my population of choice right now. The business is Finish Line Mindset. Really excited about what's going on. Lots of good moving parts happening. This is the year. I started a podcast a couple months ago. I was ago. just going to say, you're a podcaster too. I am. I am. I am loving it more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I guessed it on a podcast for the first time almost a year ago. Was dreading watching or listening to the episode. Oh, no. I was like, yeah, we're going to find out how much I don't like my voice. My voice isn't that bad. Guys, if you're worried about it, just do it. It's not that bad. They make you sound really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I feel, too, like when you listen to your own voice, I think initially there's a shock of it. Yeah. But I think after you listen to it for a while, you just you get used to you it. You do. And it's because we always listen to the voice as our own head listens to it. So mm-hmm. the audio of it is different than receiving it like you would a song or a video or a clip or something like that. It's very interesting. And also, you know, if you're working with, you know, either an audio engineer for, or uh, software, it's designed to make you look pretty, sound pretty good, too. So I like that. I like that. Just dive in. Just <laughs> do it. Guest on somebody's podcast. I have a podcast. I'm open to guests. If you have a mental health thing you're looking at. <laughs> and mental health is a big thing too i mean it's it's always been a big thing but mm-hmm. i think right now especially it's coming to light a little bit more it's so. not so taboo anymore mm-hmm. would you agree absolutely like my tagline i'm poking fun at that exactly what you po- <laughs> what you mentioned my tagline is you need therapy and you need to tell your loved ones that they need therapy too mm-hmm. so it's because people are like, uh-huh, that's funny. I'm a little uncomfortable. But everyone's also like, maybe we're right. Or, you know, I'm encountering more and more people that are very upfront of, oh, yeah, I see my therapist. Or my therapist told me this. Or my medication that. Mm-hmm. I love that for us. Because normalizing it is what's going to make us all better. It's the same thing with our physical health. If we normalize the things that go on with us physically, we're more likely to get checked up, right? I agree. So, same thing with mental health. And I actually have a therapist, too. Yeah. So, yay. Me, too. I saw mine yesterday. I (laughs) love that. Like, I don't know why. Even my therapist, when she tells me about going to see her therapist, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not alone. Exactly. (laughs) And, like, look, we all could use a little bit of helping hand in this world. We could all use an unbiased ear that doesn't really know us like that to just be like, this isn't healthy. This is healthy. 
here's a coping skill that might work out well for you. And I like that's my population really with my therapy practice. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that just need more maintenance and just talking through some of their stressors, building up their skills a little bit. Um, I do a lot of work with trauma, which is awesome. I love working with trauma, mm. but it's mostly like like most of my clients now are more maintenance than anything else. And I mm -hmm. love that where we're just making sure we're, we're on a healthy mindset, healthy track. I, um, I always talk about, you know, when you fire me, I tell my clients like when you fire <laughs> me, no one likes hearing that, but that's still I the idea. Know. I don't mind having lifers. I don't mind at all, but <laughs> let's remember that you're supposed to take on this big thing called life without me at some point. That is true. Mm -hmm. That's something I, I kind of struggle with. Like I, I just, I love my therapist so much. I'm like, I don't want to let you go. But there's other times where I'm like, I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, I feel like I might need to let you go in the near yeah. future. Um, you know, I think the nice part for me is knowing that even if I do say, okay, it's time to kind of venture out on my own, I can always call her back. Exactly. If I need her. Exactly. I see my therapist about every three to four weeks. Like mm -hmm. It's at touch and go. Like usually half the time I'm like, I don't even know what I want to talk about today. Let's just dig up some old stuff and see if it's resolved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love digging up old stuff. <laughs> right. That's what, well, that's what she's there for. And she doesn't mind because I'm not in active crisis. Luckily, I'm not dealing with anything really current. It's mm -hmm. just like the lingering things that make me who I am and let me figure out how that led to this. And that takes time and that's not really what you're doing when you're doing crisis work because I hired her because I was going through something. It was a tough breakup. And I was like, yep, been that's there, all. done that. Exactly. Okay, I think we all can, <laughs> unless you're one of those lucky ones that happen to find true love, like in your high school sweetheart. I feel bless. like, yeah. Bless. My sister. God bless her. Oh, yes. <laughs> Go her. But it's, it was an experience I needed to hire her for. And for the first few months, like that was all we were going to talk about. And mm -hmm. then we got to branch off to the rest of Tara. See, I, I love that because once you do get out of that crisis mode, there's mm -hmm. so much more yeah. to you exactly than that. Exactly. Even the homework she put me on from yesterday is still related to how I am in relationships. And that's how she met me, right, was me coming out of a relationship uh -huh. and all of the grief and struggle I was feeling with that. And so it, she, bring, she brought the homework right back to how I used to be and being mindful of how I'm going to be moving forward in my dating life and... It's a really, it's, she's, she's paying attention, man. That's, she's a good one. I give all of you guys kudos because I feel like to listen in and be vulnerable and connect with people on that level when they are in crisis mode or they're sharing the most vulnerable parts of them, of themselves mm -hmm. to be there and take all that in too. Mm -hmm. That it's a lot, and I think I think it's a beautiful thing what you guys do. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm just a human trying to help humans. I love <laughs> it. I think you can relate to that too. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're I, doing the work too. Mm-hmm. And this this is a good kind of segue into the conversation we really wanted to bring to share with everyone today is that, and, and I've talked about it before in the podcast, but there's a lot of fear and big emotions surrounding the home purchase process. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit of a therapist too. I actually, great example for today, it was a couple days ago, and I had a family call me 
and they fell in love with this home. Mm-hmm. They like this is their dream home. They want it. We get an application. We pull credit, and it is not. We're not there. Oh yeah. We're not there, and so I had to make the call to give the news. You know, we're not there, but this is how we get there. Mm-hmm. So giving them steps, and the wife called me separately a little later that day. And she's like, Miss Leah, she goes, I've been crying all day, all day. She's like, you don't know how badly I wanted that yeah. that home. And she goes, and I'm trying so hard. And she goes, and I feel so embarrassed for where we're at. Aww. And then after that, she actually started crying on the phone with me. Yeah. And, you know, I just kept telling her, I'm like, it's okay. And she, because she kept saying, she's like, I'm sorry for crying. I'm sorry for crying. I'm like, no, we don't do that. We no. We don't do that. I, you can I speak almost, on that a little. <laughs> I, I know you want to <laughs> say something. So, no, please. Like, I want, I want to know. My feminine, one of my feminist pedestals is women. We need to stop apologizing for things we're not yes. sorry for. Yes. <laughs> like expressing ourselves. Same thing with men. But I find like there are literal studies about how women over apologize for taking up space. So we're yeah. not doing that. I almost shame my clients for that in session. <laughs> They're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, we don't do that. Or I say, how dare you? We don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Shock them right back into it. But no, we, we especially in a therapy space or especially with someone as compassionate and empathetic as you, mm-hmm. we just let it show. Let it show. You're here to help. You're here to help process. And the more we apologize, we're actually taking up our own time getting through it. We're interrupting our own process to move mm-hmm. through something. That's interesting. I never really thought of it mm-hmm. that way before, but it, it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. We me. want to appease, make ourselves smaller, right? We want to appease that process so we can take a step back, but then we're stifling ourselves. And the way I like to, s- emotion's going to show up. It shows up how it shows up, when it shows up. And if mm-hmm. you stifle it, it shows up sideways. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I can relate on that. I had a really traumatic experience happen to me about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And very shortly, I, I mean, within a week after that experience, I had met uh, my ex-boyfriend and clung to that and used that as a reason to just push aside this awful traumatic thing yep. that had happened to me. Um, and it was beautiful and <laughs> wonderful mm-hmm. until we broke up. Yep. And then all this, this traumatic event comes bubbling to the surface a year and a half later. And let me tell you, it was not, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. It was quite ugly. I believe it. I believe it because it was a great distraction, right? It felt so good. It felt your dopamine so much. But then what's left there is still, it's there. The dam was built, but it still had to be released. Oh, and it got released. I believe it. (laughs) I believe it. I, I mean, I, kudos to any of my clients that were working with me at that time. I was trying so hard to just power through and work, and I'd be, like, sobbing in between client calls yeah. <laughs> during the day. It was terrible. It was terrible. It's rough, yeah. Yeah, when you try to stifle yourself, it will show up. And that's why, too, like, when I have clients that reach out and they are emotional mm-hmm. with me about their home purchase process or their mortgage process, I just tell them over and over again, I'm like, I get it. 
I'm like, if you want to cry on the, you can cry on the phone with me. I don't think anything less of you. Right. Like it's gonna come out, and you might as well come out with me because at least I can help give you the tools to exactly. walk you through the exactly. process. And like you've said before, previous to today, like it's a lot to open up your financial life and history to somebody. There's a mm-hmm. lot of shame when it comes to money. There's a lot of shame when it comes to, did I save enough? Am I prepared? My credits for a lot of things that maybe we can or cannot control mm-hmm. come up. And it's your job to look through those things to see what fiscally makes sense. Yeah. And I even, I'll put this out there too for anyone who's listening. Even when I bought my second home a couple years ago and when I saw the home and I'm like, this is the home I want, this is the home I'm going to get. And I'm like going through my finances going, how am I going to do this? And I'm like, mm, we don't quite have, we don't quite have enough money yep. to do this. So I had to call mom mm-hmm. and I was like, mom, I love you. And I know I'm a full fledged adult. <laughs> I need a gift to buy this house. Yeah. And I like, I'm right there with everyone else who's like, there was definitely a little bit of shame. Mm-hmm. I've never had to call my parents for money, and I'm like, here I am calling mom. Like, mm, I'm not there. I didn't prepare enough for this. Sure. I need help. Um, you know, so feeling all of those things. So I think I can really empathize with other people going through the process because I've been there, done that too. Yeah, and then with me, I know that this is something that we've touched on before, which is I've never owned a home before. I've mm-hmm. never gone through the process. The closest I've gotten was talking to a realtor, being like, I'm not ready. I haven't gotten approved for anything. And they were like, all right, well, call me when you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. And so what am I doing? I'm going on realtor.com. I'm going on Zillow. I'm mm-hmm. doing those very superficial searches, just, you know, and then I'm looking at what I think is my range because I don't really know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the 5.5 million house shows up. I was like, where, who invited them into my search? <laughs> where I did not ask for these How people. dare you? The audacity to show me what I cannot have. <laughs> so offensive. But I, I will say there is, I wouldn't say shame. I don't think there's shame. I have a lot of understanding for the economic situation that I'm a millennial, so there's a lot of millennials in my situation. I'm living at my dad's house. I have a blessed situation. I'm not embarrassed of that because it's a great situation to find <laughs> myself in. Hey, I've been, when I first came to Florida, I was at my dad's house too. No regrets. So, yeah. I love it. My, my dog is very happy there. <laughs> We're living a great life. Um, it's the closest thing I have to a childhood home too because he's had that place since 91. Oh. So it's great. It's the cl- And I moved around a lot as a kid. Uh-huh. So this is the closest thing I have to like my childhood. So love it. It's great. I don't run a- want to run away from it. At the same time, there's that push-pull of I want my own space. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult. <laughs> I started a business. <laughs> I don't have a house. <laughs> so I'm writing this out and balancing why does this make sense? Why doesn't this make sense? And I, I'm curious if you can relate to this. I grew up thinking if I did the right thing and I went to college and I got my degree and I got my career, that everything will happen for me because that's how it used to be. That absolutely was the path. If Mm -hmm. I was displaced into the early 90s or mid-90s, I would be exactly where I expected to be. Mm -hmm. But that is not the situation I have found myself in. That is not within my control. So I have to be okay with it. 
So the embarrassment, that's why there's no shame. Because logically I know better yeah. than what I thought I was being sold. But then the embarrassment is still like, so I took all this time and the money that I had saved specifically for a down payment for a house. I've been saving since I was 18 years old. Oh my gosh. I was. And then life. And then life. Yeah. So some things that were a little less predictable. So some unfortunate things. And then also one day I was like, everything's changing. That dream of my house that I thought I was going to be purchasing is not attainable anymore. What is attainable? So I was like, maybe I want to create a business. Did that. Mm -hmm. The reason I wanted to create a business was so I had flexibility to travel too. Because to be honest, that would have been my calling. If social work wasn't it, I probably would have been like a travel blogger or oh, just, you know, a nomad. I still want to be a digital nomad in some sense. I just got to build up a little bit more here and then off I go. I'm on the same mindset there. I want the freedom. Yes. I want the freedom. Exactly that. So I get that. So that ended up me spending two thirds of what I saved. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to let go of the house idea. I My dad's not kicking me out. Both of my parents are incredibly supportive. Like, I was very intentional with that. Not with the two-thirds two part. I thought I was going <laughs> to spend maybe half of it. But it got to two-thirds. Again, like some unfortunate things. That's probably where yeah. the rest of it came from. But I thought I was going to be in a different place today. I'm not there. No shame, but just a little bit of, it would have been nice to have had a house by now. But Things don't have to happen the way they were. I hate supposed to and should. Oh, gosh. Supposed to and should. We're going to get rid of those from our, mm -hmm. from our dictionary. They don't belong. It creates this fantasy. I can't chase a fantasy and make yeah. it come true. I would be in a ridiculous amount of debt and probably worse right now <laughs> if I actually pursued what I thought I was supposed to be doing right now. It would yeah. not work out. So kind of speaking to all of that, it's... I still have a goal to own a home, mm -hmm. but it needs to make sense. And right now it's not even close to making sense. And that's fair. Mm -hmm. And that is totally fair. And one of the big reasons why I wanted to bring you on to the podcast too is because so far all of the guests that we've had mm -hmm. on the show are either working in the real estate industry, they're yep. professionals in it, uh, clients of mine that they might have been first-time homebuyers, but they've gone through it, right? Yeah. So They've been there, done that, like they, they can speak on it. But there's so many people out there that, you know, it's something they want mm -hmm. in the future and maybe it's not the right time or maybe there is something stopping them. So I thought it would be really cool to bring someone on who hasn't gone through the process yet yeah. and just have a conversation around it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish <laughs> I wish this was something where I could like open up my financials and be like, this is what I want to expose the world to. I'm not ready for that. I that's okay. I don't think that's <laughs> where we're at today. But I think that's like such a good learning opportunity. So I appreciate you inviting me because it is this untapped area where I have a lot of friends who have never owned either and they're around my age and similar I'm situation. I'm curious. What is some of your friends do you guys ever talk or have they shared? any, whether it's fears or just reservations about buying? Definitely some fear. Um, it's the biggest purchase, right? It's the biggest it's purchase the biggest you make. Purchase. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of friends that are anxious by nature. <laughs> I think a lot of human beings are anxious by nature. <laughs> so decision-making is a big no. Like choosing mm. a washing machine at Costco, you have two choices and they're still struggling. Like it's... 
it's that paralyzing for some of yeah. the people I'm I'm friends with and to empathize with that and bring them into this into this world of real estate of home buying when you have that safety net of a parent or a partner or something else that can kind of keep you renting and mm-hmm. right now with renting prices versus mortgages like that's obviously a conversation I've had with some of my friends who do have homes and it's it's daunting right so yeah they're like all right maybe I'll just keep rent like my best friend for example prefers to rent she has a house in in Texas with her husband and they're two adorable corgis mm love corgis the little fluffy butts and she's so cute two of them (laughs) it's insane (laughs) but she I remember talking to her because this is when I was like I had like I was at the maximum I had saved and I was like gung-ho I'm like I am killing it and I was killing it Uh uh-huh so I (laughs) threw it all away and it was great um but she was like I don't care for the home ownership hoopla I don't care for the work that comes with it the maintenance she was like renting makes sense to me and renting will make sense to certain people who really embrace that lifestyle they're like I want to spend money on those things so I don't have to worry about it yeah she was one of those and then her husband won the won the conversation I won't call it a fight won the conversation (laughs) on that one so now they have a gorgeous home together Um, I actually had their wedding in their backyard in that house which is awesome but I love that. <laughs> it's like a full circle. <laughs> it, is, it was really nice. So I guess all of that to surmise that there is a lot of fear rooted in purchasing. And I actually never talked to her about the purchase. I just knew that she was resigned to purchasing. So I think I yeah. did better than to ask her about the process. <laughs> but with my friends here, especially in Florida and Palm Beach and Broward, it's just it's tricky. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this big animal or even monster for some people that they have yeah. to tackle and they have to, you know, just find a way to conquer it. And then that's how they're going to feel comfortable doing it, where the whole thing just feels scary. So taking it step by step and finding a way to make a big task smaller. Yeah. And that's actually it's uh, I think it's great that you say that that's kind of my whole mantra, especially when I'm dealing with. Oh, I shouldn't say dealing. That is not the <laughs> right word. What I'm working with, that's <laughs> much better encompassing word. Working with first-time home buyers, especially, one of the things I always say is I'm like, we're we're gonna take this and we're gonna break it into step by steps yep. for you guys. Here's step one. That's all you gotta do right now. Yeah. Then we're gonna go to step two and then three. And then you decide from there what you want. You know, the biggest thing I say with pre-approval that I got it like stuck in my head now. I'm like, I break this into three steps for Mm -hmm. you. Step one, you're just going to fill out an online application with some information. Step two, I'm going to pull your credit. Mm -hmm. And then step three, we're just going to get some supporting documents. Yep. That's it. And from there, I'll be able to give you a full breakdown of everything. Monthly payments, Mm -hmm. closing costs. I'm like, we'll go over it together. And so the great thing is numbers don't lie. Yeah. So once you get that paper, you look at the numbers, you have a pretty good idea from that point on if that's something doable for you. Um, Or maybe I run into this too a lot where what we can pre-approve you for is your maximum Mm -hmm. is not a monthly payment you want or feel comfortable paying. Yeah. And that's fine too. I can actually reverse engineer it and give someone a pre-approval based on the monthly payment. That's brilliant. 
That's absolutely. And like the way you structure that too is very like, it's, we show up, here's some concrete numbers, mm-hmm. and then we work with what we have. Yeah. We don't create anything else. So us like anxious but logic-focused people, hi, work <laughs> really, really well with that. I love that. Me too. I'm, I'm definitely a numbers person too. So like when I bought my house, I'm like, okay, what are the, what are the numbers? Mm-hmm. And that was actually what triggered me to put an offer okay. on the property was I went, I ran the numbers and I'm like, oh, this is a monthly payment I'm really comfortable with. I want to go for it. Excellent. I like that. And then with like breaking it up step by step. So from my point of view, if someone's in my office talking about purchasing a home and it's causing them immense anxiety, I would be referring them to somebody like you. Make the phone call to Leah. Just ask her what her process is. Hang up. Mm -hmm. And then either move forward or don't do anything at all. But all it is is a phone call. It's not a commitment to to have her run your credit. It's not a commitment to you have to call X, Y, and Z. Just start with one thing. Exactly. One phone call. That's it. There's never a cost Mm -hmm. to talk or work with me. So I make sure because some people, I've found that, that some people do think there's like a charge associated with my time. And I'm like, there's not. There's no, if any loan officer is charging you anything up front, really look into that because it's probably not a legal thing going on. Yeah, no, (laughs) no. Especially just for someone to explain the process of what happens next, which is a big part of fear, right? We fear the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. So if you've never purchased a home before, if you've never been approved for a major loan before, this is a process that's going to feel very foreign and you're, mm-hmm. all you think is credit, money, dollars out of my bank account, someone looking at my bank account, we're oh, going to pause, yeah. pause. <laughs> make a phone call for someone who knows how to do all those things and exactly. ask about the process, ask about the timeline. And obviously if you're working with someone, I'm very hands-on. So if someone wanted to be like, I want to call Leah in your office, let's do it. We're doing oh it today. <laughs> I love that. I, yeah. Like, I never thought of that, but having, like, a support mm-hmm. person yeah. with you. I mean, I mm, kind of do that in a sense, especially if I have two people mm-hmm. on a loan, like a husband and wife or oh, a father-son, yeah. you know. Usually I like to talk to both at the same time, like, hey, let's all get on a group thing. Let's do this together. Or maybe we hop on a call with the realtor at the same time. Mm-hmm. We all do a group call, like, hey, think about this or this. Love and that love that because it's it's again I reiterate it's not you on an island by yourself you're building your team when you're buying a house so being selective about who's a part of that team is absolutely welcomed and encouraged by me Mm -hmm. so be picky about who's approving your money be picky (laughs) about who's showing you homes I think that's absolutely okay where there's plenty of professionals myself included be picky about who your therapist is I was actually (laughs) just gonna say so a like a big thing for me when it comes to therapy, because I've been in and out of therapy my whole life. Relatable. As, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> As a kid all the way to now, and I've had some therapists that, I've never had any bad ones, but I've had some that are subpar. Yeah. And then I've had two really fantastic ones, but I learned earlier on, I wouldn't quite say like interview the therapist, but talk to them up front mm-hmm. for a little bit, maybe like a 10, 15 minute intro call. Oh. And you'll get a feel pretty quickly if you have a connection with someone. 
I, I strongly like encourage, yeah, if you're looking to hire a therapist, do the 10, 15 minute, even if it's a phone call, if it's a Zoom, if it's live, whatever, do that little like snippet of time to get a taste of what their personality is. If you want someone who's a little bit more like clipboard, clinical, not my style, but some people really appreciate that, right? Like they mm -hmm. want X, Y, and Z. They want to be taken care of in that way. I'm much more conversational. The people that have hired me and have kept me on for, I have clients that I've had for two years now. My OGs, they're amazing because oh. I've been licensed for two years now. <laughs> the OGs, the OGs. I love it. Shout, I think we should give a shout out to them. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm sure they will too. But for them, like they know who they hired. Like they have, they got a really good sense of who I am, and that's who they wanted taking care of them and their trauma and in their symptoms. And I have a lot of clients that like to use humor as part of their trauma, and I there's room for that. Mm -hmm. Where there's other therapists that'll be like, do you want to unpack why you decided to be sarcastic in that one? No, oh, I'm sarcastic no. right with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had a therapist who did that with me. We walked through a, this traumatic event that I'd gone through. And we walked through it. And then he's like, okay, walk through it again. And now we're going to make it funny. Yeah. So it was an I interesting like technique. But <laughs> that's just kind of what that reminded me of. I do that with, uh, with anger management. And I'm like, so this road rage incident made you very upset. Now tell me what was going on in the other car that was just hilarious. And that's why they had to cut you off. Like, they're about to poop their pants. They're on their way to I do love that. It's like, can't take anything too seriously anymore. No. And li life is life. And I feel like the less we fight against life, because it's going to happen. Yep. Whether we want it to or not. Whether we want it to work the way we want it to or not. Mm -hmm. So if we just learn to just... You know, maybe I didn't like that so much, but that's life. Yeah. I feel like it's a little easier to Absolutely. get through. Yeah. So my, one of my, I'll plug one of my favorite books I'm rereading right now. It's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. <laughs> I want permission. We, we can curse in here. It's not like all the time, but we definitely curse in here from time to time. But that book is such a gem. <laughs> it is so brilliant. Like when you feel like you're just overthinking and overcapitalizing on certain things in your life, that book will just bring you right back to in the best way possible, nothing really matters. You're doing fine. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Oh, I agree. It's so nice. <laughs> it's like being held, but a book. <laughs> being held, the bad book. I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, well, thank you so much, Tara, for coming on the thank show you. today with us. I know I kind of did like a little quick <laughs> wrap up there. No, that's it was great. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And so everyone here can find out where we are. As you all know, you can find me on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, on and on and on. <laughs> Lending with Leah to keep it nice and easy. And Tara, where can everyone find you and where can they listen to your podcast? Absolutely. So my website is finishlinemindset.com. So you can find me on there. Uh, my social is Instagram, TikTok, at uh, finishlinemindset. And so for the podcast, which is Let's Be Real with Sherry and Tara, uh, you can find it Apple, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're posting it. And you do YouTube. Yes, yes we are on YouTube with Let's Be Real Sherry and Tara and socials. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that, all that fun stuff. Everywhere. All of <laughs> all the places. <laughs> all of the places. And we are looking for listener input. So 
find an episode we've released if title appeals to you please like listen give us feedback share your stories we are absolutely open to anonymous stories as well so no pressure but we love getting feedback and hearing from you guys so I love that idea. I'm going to steal that idea, too. Please so do. anyone out there that's been listening to Lending with Leah, please feel free to give some commentary if there's any special topics you want to listen on. If there's something you think isn't so great, let us know that, too. Yeah. Um, you know, we're here to, I think, kind of tailor to you guys as well, our, the audience. The audience. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode 14, and we'll see you again in a couple weeks.